In John chapter 4, where we were two weeks ago, we were talking about the Samaritan woman. And one of my favorite stories. We're going to skip ahead to the last bit of the Samaritan story, because we, we, we rather wrapped it up, I think. And by the way, Dave um, has a microphone if you've got comments or questions. That way they can be on the recording uh, for the podcast, all right? Many, uh, I'm going to start at verse 39 of John chapter 4. Just to bring up something, I want to mention it to you. As many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So, when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the savior of the world. I want you just to think about this. When you see something in the Bible that keeps happening, that isn't stressed, but it keeps happening, you should pay attention. Even if it is, as I referred to one uh, incident, a dog that doesn't bark. If there's a silence where you thought there would be something, pay attention to this. Jesus came to this world and entered a society that was absolutely male-dominated. Not only because of the Jews, but the Roman world was male-dominated through violence. Uh, There there were exceptions. There was Ephesus and the like. There... um, Jesus would not have been able to succeed had he chosen uh, six male and six female apostles. He knew that. So he worked with what he had. And yet, he came to us as a seed of woman. It was Anna who first recognizes what's going on, a prophetess in in, in the temple. And I'm going to leave out some here just for... But the first one to talk about Jesus outside of Israel is a Samaritan woman to her friends. Then when Jesus dies, and uh, it is the women who care for him, and the women who do not run from the cross. When he is resurrected, it is a woman who says he is resurrected. She's the first one. When you keep seeing this all the way through, then you can see how God was trying to weave the women back into the story that they had been written out of by culture and society. If he had pushed harder, it wouldn't have worked. So Jesus worked with what he had. It's rather like in the Detroit area. Eight Mile, perhaps you've heard of that. Um, The the roads were laid out many years ago uh, on mile grid squares. And so you have eight mile, you know, 31 mile. You have all of those uh, that go way up into the, the state. On 8 Mile, um, used to be the battleground between white and blacks, because whites were north of uh, 8 Mile, blacks were south. But now there is a group that has moved in between. They're the Chaldeans. Many of them from Iran, uh, some from Iraq, and some from other areas, but most of them are Chaldean Christian, but there are also Iranian Muslims. And so it has become a really interesting place to be. Uh, all these cultures, boom. When we started having house churches uh, to, to go off and to do different areas, one of the things we suggested was, the closer you get to 8 Mile, the more you're going to have to adjust to the culture that's there. 
many of our house churches, women spoke, women were worship leaders and the like, but we said, be aware of where you are. We do not give offense. And I had one lady say, well, I'm offended by it. And I said, but the thing is, you're free to not be offended if you don't want to be. You're free to, to win these people to Jesus and remember the, the, the formula that Jesus gave. Go, make them disciples, baptize them, teach them. And it's in the teaching we can talk to them about their attitudes toward women and show how women can be free. So just be aware that that's in here. It is repeatable, uh, rather repeated. It is very consistent as well. So um, there you are. Um, by the way, verse 42, when I was a boy, I always thought that was a bit snippy. Like, all right, yeah, we believed in him because, we, but now we, 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 you know, we don't need you. And as I got older and talked to more people who knew better, I realized it was not snippy. It's them saying, wow, what you said is true. Now we've, we have, and here's a woman all of a sudden has some standing. Remember two weeks ago, no standing. Now she has standing. She's the one that met with Jesus and brought Jesus to them. Well, after the two days, he left for Galilee. By the way, two days is rather significant because the apostles would have had to at least drunk something. Remember, they, they didn't, Jews just didn't want to eat or drink anything out of Samaria. Jesus hangs on until they had to drink something. They probably ate something too, but I, I find that humorous. Now, Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. What does that mean? Well, um, my mom is, is, is so sweet and, and to, to lift me up and tell me, you know, how helpful and great I am. You know, dad didn't do that, but my mom does that. But she didn't always, because when I walked, she would even introduce me when I was in my 40s and 50s. She'd introduce me to her friends. This is my baby. <sighs> okay. You know, and sit me down and feed me, all right? Um, those that know you often have a hard time lifting you up. Now, this is going to sound a lot worse than it is. So please understand, this is not a complaint in any way, shape, or form. When I go to other churches and I see the same things I do here, people line up to tell me how great I am. Here, you're used to what I say. So it's kind of like, oh, Sunday was all right. Now, does that hurt or bother me? Not a, not a bit of it. No, 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 I get it. I do. I'm a human as well. And the, the familiar becomes familiar. And you get used to it. So again, that's not an issue. Please do not come up and tell me I'm wonderful. Uh, because that would, that would probably lead to other issues. Instead, just be aware that's what we do. It's, it's rather, um, when we lived in Michigan and I would fly down to Nashville and I'd see green, I'd see green from the airplane going, green. It was so exciting. When I flew here from Colorado, because Colorado Springs is high desert, even though it's 6,000 feet plus high, um, it's high desert, it's brown. You know, Cammie insisted that we have a little bit of a lawn and that cost us so much in water because they don't have water. She called it the Emerald Isle thinking that would make me happier. It di didn't, because I had to mow it. I don't like mowing. Anyway, that said, um, 
coming into here, I'd be going, green. Do, it, do you notice the green as much as a visitor out of town would? Well, no. What do you do? You go, oh, that's allergy season. Fair enough. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I'm allergic to it all as well. I'm just making the point, we don't see it because it's always there to be seen. So he says, a prophet is not honored in his own country. I, I, I get that. I do. And it's a general statement. It's not meant to always apply. When he arrived in Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him. They had seen all that he had done in Jerusalem at the Passover festival, for they had also been there. Once more he visited Cana and Galilee, where he turned the water into wine. And there was a certain royal official whose son lay sick at Capernaum. Now, when this man heard that Jesus had arrived in Galilee from Judea, he went to him and begged him to come heal his son, who was close to death. Unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you'll never believe. I know it sounds harsh. Wait till next week. We're not doing the standard Easter sermon. It is absolutely the Easter story. Jesus had an edge to him. Just like horseradish and sweet apples and honey eaten together. Sometimes you need to remember the back edge of the sword. Jesus did not come so that we would never die or get sick. He did miracles so people would know who he was and listen to him. But once you start miracles, I brought this up before, the old um, Andrew Lloyd Webber's production of Jesus Christ Superstar has a song in it, um, or a situation, actually, where the people keep coming to touch him, asking, can you touch me, can you heal me, Christ? And the noises get louder and louder and louder until he screams in the play, heal yourselves. Jesus didn't say that. The point being, we don't realize, I don't think, how hard it was to be Jesus and be hunted for everything. Fix it. Remember once he fed them, what happened? People started lining up for more food. You, you, you advertise something for free, you're going to get people. So, you people. <laughs> Are we allowed to say you people anymore? I don't think so, Jesus. That was a bit... You know, anyway, the royal official said, son, or rather, sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. Now, you got something for us, Albert? Yes, Patrick. Um, the and, point and backtrack made, as much as you need to. <laughs> thank you. The point made about they need to, they only believe if they see miracles. In Luke 16, Jesus is telling about the rich man and Lazarus. And in the, un, in the Hadean realm, he says, send them back, uh, send somebody back to tell my brothers uh, about this. And if they saw somebody raised from the dead, they would believe. But did you know after, in Lazarus's case, they did not believe. That's right. We're and, going to talk about that other Lazarus. And so don't, don't you dare steal my thunder. Okay. But not today, next week. Okay. There's so another, some of them will forget There's it. another thing. After the service today, somebody asked me, how do you deal with that, with the... In, in Luke's account of the, of, the, of the Lord's Supper, that there was a cup before the bread. That was the fourth cup of the Paschal meal. Right. Yeah, uh, people don't realize that Luke's covering more of the Passover. And so, yeah, there are actually four cups that would be passed that night. So we don't do that on Sunday either. Uh, and we don't have to, because that's not the four, number four is not the holy thing. It's the remembering. It's the acknowledgement. It's the story. 
But uh, next week, yeah, we're going to talk about after they raised, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, eyewitnesses went to the leaders of the religious groups and said, we're going to have to do something about this guy. It did not make them believers. And I know it's hard, it's hard for us to believe. But and, and on that matter, they, John in chapter 12 talks about an encounter where they didn't like him at all. And he said they would not believe. And two verses later, he says they could not believe. And when one, when one allows his faith to be reckless with his faith, the, the worst thing in the world is to get to a place where you cannot believe. That's right. You know, the epistles of Peter have some really harsh things to say about people who chose not to believe and therefore God just shoves that ability away. Absolutely. Then you cannot believe. That's right. And refers to them as brute beast being born only good to be destroyed. Now, not to be political, because I didn't even hear it. I don't know all of I, I believe that our president was talking about MS-13 uh, when he said that these animals... And again, the Twitter universe exploded with the self-righteous saying, ah, we can't call humans animals. And I'm going, you can some. And again, I'm not trying to protect him because I don't, I don't even know the context. So don't read that as political. It is, it is that tendency for self-righteousness to then throw up there and try to out-Christian Christ that really annoys me, frankly. Uh, you don't try to out. Jesus had an edge to him. And he... Through Peter, the Holy Spirit referred to people as brute beast born only to be destroyed. Ow. Be aware we live in a dangerous place. And, and you will have Christians that will say, no, no, be nice. You will never find a commandment to be nice. You will find commandments to be good and loving. Pop quiz. Does good always feel good? Does loving always feel loving? There you go. Well, moving on, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word. To me, Albert, that is, that's the whole story. He took him at his word. In every Jesus story, because we, we tend to go through these fast, you need to slow down and ask yourself if you were one of these players, and change room, change roles rather, Choose different roles when there are multiple roles. What would you have done? What would you have thought? Would you? I got to tell you, I'm not sure that I would have just said, good, that's done then. I think I would have gone home thinking, I, I kind of wanted more. I wanted him to walk with me. I wanted him to, and all the way home, all the way home, you know, what am I going to see all the way home? Again, I'm not going to ask you where you would fall into that. Just be aware that you need to think of these things because we're, we're in the story. While he was still on his way, his servants met him with the news that the boy was living. Now, watch this. He took him at his word, but when he inquired as to the time when his son got better, they said to him, yesterday at one in the afternoon, the fever left him. Then the father realized this was the exact time at which Jesus had said to him, your son will live. So he and his whole household believed. Well, he took him at his word, but later he believed. I don't ever, whenever I talk about where I am in the story, I'm, I'm saved. And if you find yourself doubting in the story somewhere, I'm not suggesting you're not saved or you're bad for doubting. One of my favorite prayer lines comes straight from scripture. 
Lord, I believe. Help me in my unbelief. I've said that to God a thousand times. So, did you have? Yes. Um, one thing that's interesting is when he says, um, after he says, go, your son will live, and the man believes him, and he goes on his way. It's not until he meets his servants that he figures this out. And furthermore, when it says, when he asked when he was healed, it was at the same time yesterday. Yes. Which means either the man had enough faith to go about his business throughout the rest of that day after asking Jesus in that town and then head home. Or he would have had a really long trip home to think about, you know, whether or not his son was well, now, I, I appreciate that, because that put a spin. I have never considered that he went back to work. I've always thought he just had a long trip home. That's, that's, that's an open possibility. There's nothing in the, in the text that would indicate either one. Hmm. Well, I don't care what your brother says. You're not worthless. Uh, you, you, <laughs> that was good. Thank you. This is the second sign Jesus performed after coming from Judea to Galilee. There's something about the signs in John. They're not like the miracles in the others. In that you get something out of nothing or you get time displaced. You know, water can become wine over time in additions. Immediate means creation force. Resurrection, there's life force given to us. In John, miracles are far more like Genesis 1 than the miracles in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. There, it's more of a standard healing of illnesses. In John, it is creation. There's something created. Ex nihilo, out of nothing. So um, it's just, it's amazing. So here's one. I love this story because I still don't get it. Here we go. Sometime later. Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. That is so vague. That is one of the most vague statements in Scripture. Sometime during all this, Jesus went to one of the holidays. Okay. You know, uh, John does that to you every so often. And the reason is, that's not important. He just, he'll, he'll just kind of toss us. That's just, all you need to know is this player is now entering the stage. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda. Bethesda, um, some will say uh, Bethesda, others will say Bethsaida. It's hard to take a language and, and move it into English and get names right, which is surrounded by five col covered colonnades. Here, a great number of disabled people used to lie, the, blame, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. Let's talk about this for a little bit, shall we? Um, there was no social safety net. If you were um, paralyzed, blind, lame, anything like this, you couldn't go to the temple. You, you could be on the steps outside, uh, like in Acts 3, uh, but you can't go in. Every day, your family or somebody who likes you would have to take you and sit you down somewhere in a traffic zone so that you could beg. And thank God, literally, that the Jews had a, um, an obligation to give to the poor. And to them it was an act of worship, which it still is. It's an act of worship. So, P 
people tended to survive. But again, it was a brutal, awful thing. The thing which I like here is that they were covered colonnades. So at least they're out of the sun. And so that's maybe why they're so crowded in here. Now there is a verse which is missing in the NIV. And the reason is most of the old manuscripts we find don't have it. That verse says, from time to time, an angel of... This would be verse 4 in most, um, like, a, like a King James Version. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. The first one into the pool, after each such disturbance, would be cured of whatever disease they had. Now, why is that verse not in the first ones? Well, it's hard to say. There is no question that bits were added to John after John's death, but that does not mean they're not real. Because people were still working on their books. The Jewish people do that. And I don't know how many times they edited Deuteronomy, but that's what they did uh, to get it up to date. Here's, here's the story now. I will confess that it's a strange story. An angel comes down and troubles the water. First one ends healed. Well, you have to be mobile or you have to have friends that throw you in first. And you, you can almost imagine you know, people standing around, but you don't know when the angel's going to show. So go to verse 5. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. Don't read that too fast. Think about what your life would be like for 38 years. Every day, you and the begging bowl. Every day. That's all your value. You're carried there and you're carried back. That's it. Never, ever allowed in the temple. So, Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he, and learned, stop right there, of, you know, how much did Jesus know and when did he know it is a question we'll never be able to answer. Almighty God would not have to learn this. Well, was Jesus God? Yes. Why did he know and when did he know it? Well, God didn't, he laid aside who he was when he came here. So God only gave him some. As I've said before, you don't want a three-year-old that knows they're God. That'd be difficult. You know, trying to give them a bath, they pop up on top of the water. So, he, uh, he, he, as he goes along, you see he, learn, he has more and more. In fact, before he is crucified, he tells people that nobody knows. Only the Father in heaven knows when the end of time will be. After the resurrection, he seems to indicate he knows. So again, he didn't have all the information on earth. Now, why is that important? It is so important because when I was a boy and they would say, Jesus lived a sinless life, I would think, well, he was God. He knew everything. And no. No, he had to struggle in faith as we did through this process. Remember, he on the cross didn't say, God, you got this. He said, where are you? Why'd you leave me? He wasn't fully knowledgeable at that stage. Was he fully God? Yes, his essence was God, and he was also fully human. That, yes, we have a, you, have, you still have the mic? Well, I think he may, ought to make Dave run. That he, that's running. <laughs> Thank you. Um, do you think that it's one possible reason that Christ could live a sinless life without 
necessarily, you know, kind of just pressing the God button through it would be that he is the only person to have ever lived to truly know the implications of sin. Well, I think that there's no question that he knew at least some of the implications of sin. As I said, you know, we, about the whole get rid of every little thing because, you know, we tend to make fun of sin or be entertained by it, whether it's foul language or a dirty joke or um, a movie about adultery or whatever, um, you know, Bachelor and Bachelorette shows, which are just, seriously? And I'll see on Facebook, Christians, you know, watching them and, and I'm going, what? What, what, what are you doing? What's, what's the deal? You know, it's a home shopping network for adultery, basically. What are you doing here? Um, and yet, people do it. I don't know why and where, but uh, I think one of the, uh, I think it's valid to say Jesus at least understood the consequences of sin enough. He won't have a question to you all the way in the back, deep. That's, that's him. I know that guy. But here's where, here's where I, I really stop and go, ooh, verse 6. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he'd been in that condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? Hmm. There are, when, when I did the clinic way back in the day, there was a, an entire classification of people I refused to work with. Uh, if you're a visitor, it was a, a psychotherapy work um if i got a hint of self-pity uh -uh. and i would tell them i can't what am i going to offer you that will make you as happy as being the most powerful person wherever you go and they always go i'm not the most powerful oh yes you are you go into a party everybody else is having fun you'll find a couch somewhere where they can see you, not right in the middle, but not all the way over here, so enough can see you. And you'll sit down and... And all of a sudden, everything must readjust around you. Now, I'm simplifying and crushing it together, but you get the point. Self-pity is power. And it's a way for people to use power and, and get more from you uh, than they can. And we, we saw it all the time. So, it's legitimate to say, do you want to get well? If he gets well, what, what ends immediately? Begging. Going to have to go to work. If he gets well, what starts immediately? Religious obligations. Sacrifice. Giving. Living a particular way. It's going to change things. It's not all marshmallows and, and unicorns, whatever that means. Yes, did you have something to say or are you just smiling? Okay, okay, all right. Uh, do you want to get well? And the answer is not an answer. Did you see this? Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water stirred. While I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. First of all, that would be very legitimate, wouldn't it? You know, because you're an invalid and you don't have anybody to help you, somebody's dropping you off in the morning and picking you up at night, but they're not able to hang around in case the water gets troubled. That's legitimate. Got to give you that. But he doesn't quite answer the question. Oh, Randy, are you wanting? Yes, please. Here comes the mic. I hope you're wearing your Fitbit, Dave. There seems to be a lot of people are surrounded 
uh, in the, by this pool. And they were coming there because the pool had healing powers. Yep. And it seems like these healing powers occurred when the pool was stirred. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure exactly what that means, but um, was was this a a real pool of real healing? Was that from more or less a kind of a natural event or was it a miraculous kind of healing? Well, Randy, you have opened up, first of all, brilliant question. You have opened up what scholars have argued about over this for the very long time. We don't have other incidences of angels freelance healing. Um, just, you know, picking a place and deciding that's where they're going to heal one person. So that makes people wonder, is this demonic? Is there a demon? You know, you're praying to a god or something. Others will say, is this, did it, was it real at all? Jesus never indicated, by the way, healing was possible in the water. He never referred to that. We got somebody over here. And I'll keep talking, because your, your question opens up I mean, there are books written about this. Um, others have, uh, did I say, they, they're not sure the story is real, that it might be a metaphor uh, uh, to explain the human condition. I don't go that way, because once you start that pathway, you, you question all the stories. You know, so I, I think it's a real story. I'm, I don't gamble, but if I, if I had $5 to bet, I wouldn't do any more. I would bet that this was not an angel that does open up, is it demonic? Or the other thing you mentioned, is it natural? There are some waters that people used to go do, take the waters. Do you remember that? Uh, President Roosevelt did that. Uh, um, George Washington set up a healing waters place in Western uh, Maryland, today it's called. Uh, And I've been there. I didn't go into the waters because I don't know where it's been, but I I did see it. Other, um, we we lived in uh, Colorado Springs and in Manitou Springs, there are different springs that the Indians would come to. And I say Indians because that's what they call themselves, people. I've never met, uh, let's say, a Native American that wants to be called Native American. And I've met a lot. You know, so there you are. But anyway, you go and this one belongs to that tribe. And they would think that this was healing them. Well, some of them are very rich in selenium or certain um, essential salts. Uh, there are several of those, like lithium, that we need. So, it's an excellent question. Let's move over here. Was, you, was your question in that, that realm, that bubble? Um, so, when he says, do you want to be healed, and, his answer, and he answers the way he does, um, do you think that the man could have been thinking, oh, this guy is coming over here. Um, do you think that he thinks that Jesus is saying, do you want to be healed vis-a-vis, do you want me to take you into the water and get healed? Huh. And well, so, that would explain, so that would explain why he says, I don't have anyone to take me there to get healed. That it could be that he was hoping somebody would come along to help him because he says, I, I don't have anybody. You know, um, and it could be he was hoping that you, that's, a, that's an interesting spin on it. Jesus bypasses the water. <laughs> he doesn't throw him in the water. He just says, get up. By the way, in the NIV, get up has an exclamation point after it. There were no exclamation points. But to be fair, there were no periods, semicolons, or commas, or the like either. Why do they put an exclamation point? Well, in 
most other languages, there is a verb tense for an order, a command. We don't have that in English, uh, but they do. Like in French, uh, I'm sorry, in Spanish, for example, if, if you say, um, you're not just saying, could you help me? You're saying, help me. It's, it's a, and so it sounds different than if you ask, could you please help me? Um, and, and so in here, Jesus is giving a command. Get up. Pick up your mat and go. I got to ask you a question. What do you think about somebody? Would you try to get up? Or would you look at the guy going, what? I think I would go, what? We often don't realize how, I, when I was a boy, these stories were, to, he's floating through and all these wonderful things are happening. Everybody's doing this. No, this was rough and rugged. I, I'm sure some bits, the day, oh, the day on which this took place with the Sabbath, dun, 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 foreshadowing. So the Jewish leaders, oh, by the way, at once a man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. By the way, a whole lot of miracles happened there. Because not only whatever cause of paralysis is gone, now he's got muscles and knows how to walk. I can drive four hours and not know how to walk. Those of you of a certain age know what I'm talking about. You get out of the truck and you're going, hello. You know, and I keep waiting for a cop to run up and breathalyze me. And I'm going, no, no, it's age. Um, that, that's all it is. But he's, he's got all this. And the day that, did, oh, and so, the Jewish leader said to the man who'd been healed, it's the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry the mat. Can I ask you a question? Where have these Jewish leaders been for 38 years? That's the point of the story. Again, you've heard me say this so many times. The miracle is not the point of any of the miracle stories. It's the least interesting thing there. Because he's God, we know he can do miracles. It's the when, the where, the how, and the who. Put all that together. That's the interesting bit. The interesting bit here is... Where's everybody been for 38 years? But as soon as he tries to go home carrying his mat, religious leaders show up. Go for it. Same thing happens when Jesus healed a woman 18 years. Satan had kept her uh, ill. And, and so when he healed her on the Sabbath, the head of the, of the synagogue made the awfulest thing. Jesus said, you water your oxen on the Sabbath, but here healing this woman... And they condemned him for that. And so here's where religion actually stood up against the miracle of the Christ. Yep. In, fa in fact, the only time Jesus loses his temper is against the religiously smug. We got one over here. How good are you at throwing, Albert? Dale's good. He can catch it. See, there's another reason why we're trying to get you to kind of get in but in this room people like to scatter yes Dale. yeah one uh, point is this they didn't close this pool on the sabbath so there was always healing on the sabbath there and yes. if somebody regained their sight or somebody regained their mobility or anything else what were they expected to do sit, sit there until the next day i th i think that's an excellent question the pharisees had a trick to allow themselves to walk distances because you weren't allowed to go but a certain bit they called that sabbath day's journey from your own property so they would get old bits of pottery and every so often drop one because that way 
they were never more than a Sabbath day's journey from their property. Jesus looks at stuff like this and goes, seriously? Really? I don't know why he hadn't turned everybody into frogs, frankly. But he replied, the man who made me well said to me, pick up your mat and walk. And so they asked, who is this fellow who told you to pick up? They didn't even mention it made him well. 38 years he's been there. The guy's a fixture. Everybody knows him. You know, in Glasgow, we had a street guy. Um, he walked up and down Buchanan Street and Sockey Hall Street, and a big shopping mecca is there in the big city of Glasgow. And, and, and he was mentally ill, but everybody knew him. He wasn't, wasn't dangerous. And been there for decades. And he'd come right up to you and he'd say, I'm sane. I've got papers proven I'm sane. Do you have your papers? You know, because he'd been signed out of mental hospital so many times. He had papers proven he was sane. Where are yours? And I'm going, fair enough. Good point. When he died, it made the newspaper. People, he was, we knew him. You know, people gave him money. They looked after him. We had a guy like this in um, Lake Orion, Michigan, which is just north of Detroit where we lived, uh, that would go about on a bicycle with big recyclables front and back because in Michigan, all your bottles and cans are 10 cents each taxed on top of it. So if you're going there, buy your stuff in Toledo. But anyway, you, you go over and recycle bits are, are part of every grocery store. I, I, don't, I think I'm right when I say every grocery store. And so that's the way he made his life. And he didn't talk to anybody. It is just what he, and he did this the whole time we were there. Well, we were only gone, I don't know, a year or two when our son either called or texted us and said that he died. And everybody's so upset because he's just part of the landscape. You know, people fed him. People were trying to, they weren't mean to him. This guy, 38 years, he'd been there, and the, and the leaders can't even get, wow, that's amazing, how did that happen? It's, well, wait a minute, you're sending there. How? The man who was healed had no idea who it was, for Jesus had slipped away in the crowd that was there. I like that. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, see, you're well again. Stop sending or something worse may happen to you. Now that's a fascinating thing. Oh, you have a question? We'll stop. Yes. I don't know, just a thought, and it may be completely incorrect, but we know what the Pharisees were like. Maybe they didn't notice the people around the pool. Ooh. They had now that's other in things it. they were worried about. That's right. And don't we tend to avert our eyes from some people? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's an excellent point. That was worth the trip, wasn't it, Dave? Well, this will be 50-50. Um, and the other thing is, is that it's easy pickings. They may not have thought that, I mean, they know that every Sunday if we walk past the pool here at Bethsaida, we get the chance to tell somebody if they're carrying their buddy who's a paralytic or whatever, carrying them to the pool, we get the chance to tell them, you can't do that on the Sabbath, you can't carry them on the sabbath how they know that jesus was any different if, if there was healing going on at this pool um you know just getting a chance to you know kind of like during the prohibition movement people going to a bar and sitting down at a table in the center with a glass of milk and it's a very easy place to be guaranteed that you're going to be the most righteous person in the room certainly in your own eyes yes yeah that, that, that's a good point could have been easy pickings there um, oh, it's, it's 
time for, we got to quit and let you have your kids. We'll finish this uh, in two weeks, but I got to tell you, this is, um, it is easier than you think to become a Pharisee, even when you're trying not to be very quickly. Years ago, we were visiting Cammie's parents, and it was a Sunday, and I'm going, no, because we have to go to their church. And, and their church, um, it's, listen, they can make a lot of money by putting a fence around it and charging admission to see what the church looked like in 1946, because it hadn't changed, right? And I'm sitting there, and the songs are just dragging, uh, you know, and that get, and then they called in this one guy to, to say the prayer, and I was going, no, I'm not proud of this, but I timed him. And it was, it was over 11 minutes. And I couldn't care about anything he prayed after two minutes. Because my prayer, I've got prayer attention deficit disorder. And I was just, this is the way I was through the whole thing. Thinking this, ah, on the way home, it hit me like a baseball bat. Who are you to criticize somebody else's worship? You're being a Pharisee from the other side now. That hurt. I thought I was free of being a Pharisee. No, I just changed positions at the table. we got to be really careful. This religious stuff will hurt you. Last comment, Dr. Lemons. I want to leave a question that we agree. Beginning point for next week. Two weeks. I'm, I'm confident there's a judicial implication of physical illness with spiritual, the spiritual side, because sickness is here because of sin, and constantly the curse of Adam's sin uh, brought sickness to us, and so that's a moral issue. Uh, that might be a place for some discussion. Okay. <laughs> we, we, we can talk about that. But Another until, time. enjoy Holy Week. Uh, talk about the story and get your kids involved in telling the story. Cheerio, run away. <laughs>